Old Testament reading, as I mentioned earlier, is from Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verses 11 through 22. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 34, and then over to Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. This is the word of the Lord. Let there be light. Okay. Beginning in verse 11, the psalmist says this, Come, O children, and listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and who loves many days that he may see good? Oh, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Amen and praise God. Now to Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. And Paul goes on, he says this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. Amen. And praise God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you and praise you as we come before your word again, Lord, who is um, able to plumb the depths and to bring out all that there is here. We just simply come before you humbly, Lord God, and I pray that you would be with all of us as we sit at the feet of our master, of our Lord, of our Savior, of our teacher, even Jesus Christ. So give us wisdom, Lord. I pray that we would be truly engaged in our hearts and our minds, Lord God, um, that we're not drifting away, that we're focused, that you're applying these things by your spirit to our hearts and to our lives. And I pray that you would be with me to bring um, clarity, Lord God, and Um, precision to your precious word. So please bless this to your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. There's always a sense of inadequacy. Uh, I think for any preacher as you come before God's word and majesty. Um, But man, there's just, it's just so hard to try to do justice to a chapter like this, especially as we come to Romans chapter 8. Um, I know I say that a lot, almost about every chapter in Romans probably. You've probably heard this before, but it's very true. Just a great sense of inadequacy. It just can't do justice to everything that's there. But hopefully the Lord will use something to show you his glory and how magnificent this is. This is such a payoff kind of passage here in Romans chapter 8. Um, as we've been dealing recently 
some really tough stuff, haven't we, in terms of how grave sin is, how deep it runs, the nature of the battle that we're in as Christians, how relentless, how confounding, just hard at times. And then you come to chapter 8, and it's just amazing. There's just a, a shower of blessings. Read this chapter all the time, especially as we're engaged in the battle that we are as Christians in this world. It's just, it's just poor, the, the whole theme, the whole theme of this chapter is the absolute security. Do you know that we are so secure? Nothing, obviously, can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can take away our, salva- our salvation, no matter how deep into sin we get. If we belong to him, we are his, and there's no way that we could be separated from him. Our security is so great in him. We have Christ. Our salvation cannot be lost. His work can't be undone in us. His love will never be removed. It's amazing. And this whole chapter kind of speaks to that, along with the Holy Spirit working in us and sanctifying us. No matter what, he will not lose even one of his elect. So this whole chapter kind of reflects John chapter, what Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 39. And, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. Romans chapter 8 is just an expansion of that in, in many ways, that we are saved and we are secure in Jesus Christ. And you need to know that. You, need to, you can say, oh, of course, yes, we are, but you need to be reminded of that. You need to remind yourself of that every day because there's so much in the Christian life and so many times where we just don't feel that. You know, there's that sense of unworthiness and unfaithfulness and, Lord, just kind of drifting away. Romans chapter 8 brings us back to that reality. You know what? There's not a single... It's such a, a soothing passage in some ways. There's not even a single imperative in this whole chapter. We are not asked to do anything but to realize everything that Jesus Christ has done for us. That's what Romans chapter 8 teaches us and comes through. And as we go through this in the, in the coming weeks, you're going to see, like today we're going to talk about our current standing before the Father because of the work of the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We're going to see that our status as those who've been purchased and adopted into the family of God is high and exalted, that, that we're told of, of, the, of a future and eternal hope that we have in him, even as we endure the hardships and trials and pains of this life. And he reassures us of his unending love and the impossibility of separation from it. That's Romans chapter 8, kind of in a nutshell. We'll be unfolding that in the next few weeks. But it is amazingly an amazingly moving, comforting, encouraging chapter. And even though there aren't any imperatives, any commands for for us as such, even as we read it, we are moved not only to have great confidence and assurance in our salvation, but to living lives that are somewhat worthy, just somewhat, just a little bit worthy and reflective reflecting the glory that we have in Christ. And that's kind of the hope as we, as we go through this, especially as we consider our current standing. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's going to be the focus today. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he says, therefore, now that therefore, you know this, reaches back. But you'd be surprised to know that it reaches all the way back to chapter 5 in a way. It really does. The end of chapter 5, Paul's talking about 
our peace with God, how we are redeemed by Christ. Death in Adam, life in Jesus Christ, if you remember that. And I'll just turn back to 5 and read from verse 20. He says, Now the law came to increase the trespasses, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through the righteousness leading to eternal life in our Lord Jesus Christ. And you almost want to come back, go up to chapter 8 and say, now now therefore, because of that. But Paul went on a digression. That's what 6 and 7 are all about. He was talking, he introduced kind of the law and um, spirit dynamic. And so he's kind of explaining that. And it's almost like he's going back now to chapter 5. Even though it encompasses chapter 6 and 7, that therefore, you know, kind of goes back to the uh, to chapter 5 in that way. So he says, therefore, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Notice, I left out a word. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? At this time, now, at, it means at one time you were under condemnation. At one time, not now, not anymore, and, and never again, but at one time, you sitting here in this room, if you are in Christ Jesus, you were under condemnation. You stood guilty before God. All of us stood guilty before God. We were like that prisoner who's on death row, just kind of awaiting our execution. We were condemned in that way. We stood under condemnation. The sentence was passed. The guilt was proved. No recourse. No more appeals for us on our own. He said, we were condemned. But he says, now, right now, there is no condemnation. At one time, your sin was held against you. Do you know that? That you were going to have to answer for every single sin against God. You were liable for those sins and deserving of the punishment. But now, amen? But now in Christ, there's no condemnation. No condemnation for for you who deserve nothing but condemnation, who deserve nothing but to be declared guilty and sentenced to death. But now you have been pardoned. You have been declared not guilty, and you have been given life. Amen? Praise God. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to reiterate what what we spoke to a little bit last week. For the law... Um, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And it's kind of Paul summing up what he has been talking about recently in in Romans. uh, And we spoke to in the last couple of weeks. There's that law, that principle, that rule that governs, that sin and death that made us prisoners and we were under its power. But now the spirit of life has come. The Holy Spirit indwells us. He applies salvation. He works in our sanctification. We are able to resist sin. All based, and I'm just summarizing all this, all based on the person and work of Christ. You were ransomed. You were purchased. You were set free from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, from the rule of Satan, from the fear of death, and from the reality of hell. Amen. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. In other words, it's the difference between, yes, it's the difference between do and done. Always remember that, even as you're witnessing, Christianity is always the difference between do and done. Everything else, all other ways, no matter what they are, other religions, other philosophies, whatever it is, they require something of you, right? 
They require something. They require some kind of keeping of a rule or law, some kind of work, some kind of living up to certain tenets of that faith, whatever it is. You have to keep, you have to try, you have to do, do, do. Only Christianity says, done, right? It has been done. Jesus on the cross said, tetelestai, it is finished. Once and for all, there's no condemnation for, for those in Jesus Christ. What do you need to do? You receive and you rest the gift that's given to you. You repent, you believe, you receive, and you rest on Christ alone for your salvation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know how blessed you are? you know how amazingly blessed, blessed we are? Because there are so many people out there in the world today, your friends, your family, your coworkers, that are trying, that are doing, that are seeking a way, maybe somehow, hopefully, if I do this or if I don't do that, then maybe I could work my way and win favor, or I'm going to try this other religion, or I'm going to try this other philosophy to try to be free from this by doing doing by doing by doing christianity says no it is done there is no condemnation for those in christ jesus so never lose heart when you are witnessing to others and they come with their philosophies and so i found a wonderful way the eastern mystical way and i'm a spiritual person they're lost and they're on their way to hell apart from christ because they're doing in christ it is done we are saved and we are kept so john 10 27 through 29, for God didn't send, I'm sorry, and this is the difference. God gives us great assurance in Christ. We are saved and kept. John 10. Did I skip a few? Did I miss a few already? Did I miss a few already? I am so sorry. Now I feel so badly because... Yeah, I missed a few already. (laughs) But John 10, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Philippians 1.6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion till the day of Christ Jesus. He's not going to leave the job undone. He's not going to leave us halfway or even three-quarters of the way. It is finished and complete. 2 Timothy 1.12, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Amen and praise God. No condemnation in Christ. Now listen, two things that I want to highlight. No condemnation, number one, gives us, and it just does, it gives us great assurance and confidence, not in ourselves, but in Jesus Christ alone. Again, any other system you try, the confidence is in you. Like you're going to try to do your best, and that's part of the failure of those of those other ways and other systems. We have no confidence in the flesh. It's not about us at all. It's all about Jesus Christ working in us and for us and through us. So there's no condemnation. When we hear this, when he says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that should give you great assurance and great confidence, not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ alone. And then that goes into other areas. So because we know that that salvation comes from Christ, we're no longer under condemnation. We've been justified. We're in him. That helps us a lot, doesn't it? That gives us confidence in our salvation. And so you're, you're, you should not be so easily shaken 
despite your ongoing struggle with sin, and we all struggle with sin. We talked about how Paul was struggling with sin last time, with, with so many failures in our lives, and this up and this down and in and out and going on and on and on with the struggle. Don't be shaken by that. In Christ, we stand forever secure. Our sins are blotted out as far as the east is from the west. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Even reaching back to Lamentations. We have Lamentations chapter 3, 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isaiah 43, we're told this. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And on Acts 3, speaking, looking back to this passage in Isaiah, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Amen and praise God. So we're free Despite that struggle, we know that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That gives us confidence in our salvation, and we're not so easily shaken in that, are we? We're strong in that. Remind yourself, there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. My sins are forgiven. He's faithful and righteous to forgive my sins and not to hold those against me or hold those against us. That's an amazing comfort that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ that no other religious system has. There's always that penalty. There's always that fear. There's always something that's going to be held against you. There's always that, oh no, what's, what's that condemnation is gone in Christ Jesus. We are fully and freely forgiven. Wrap your head and your minds around that. It's amazing truth. Number two, we're free from the weight of doubt. Now, oftentimes, in our faith, as it goes up and down, we, we do doubt, is my faith strong enough? Am I really believing in Christ? When we doubt, be reminded that there's no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. That, 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 that removes that, that weight. If you're in him, then you have nothing to worry about. You will stay in him. You cannot lose your faith. It's not your faith to lose. It's his gift to you. He's the one who keeps us. That's why we teach in Scripture. That's why you say, oh, what's the difference between like a Calvinist and a Arminian? Look, man, we know that salvation is from God. It's not something we muster up. It's not something you say, okay, God, now I'm ready for you to come in. I'm going to let you in and do my... No, he comes and he takes us. He comes in and changes us. He transforms us from the inside out. He justifies He's sanctifying us. He adopts us into the family of God. He calls us with a holy calling. How could we undo that? When you understand there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, that weight of doubt tends to dissipate. I'm not saying we never struggle with it, but when you realize it and understand all that he has done, it dissipates because he keeps us. Because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. You know what else we're free from? We are free from worldly expectations. We just are. Because like he's talking here about walking in the Spirit um, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who walk according to the Spirit set their minds on things according to the Spirit, that works in our favor in terms of not being condemned in Christ. 
We are free from worldly expectations. If you're really living for Jesus Christ, you don't need to worry about achieving the success that the world defines as successful. And that's what so many people are doing. They're trying, they're striving for that worldly success. We have a different standard. We don't have to go along with popular opinion. It doesn't mean anything to us. If it's, not against, if it's against Christ, if it's not in line with Scripture, then it's not for us. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about worldly expectations as to what makes us acceptable, what gives us status, what gives us authority, what gives us popularity. There's none of that. If you're in Jesus Christ, and there's no condemnation. If, if we're not looking to the world to build us up. We have Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. We're not counting on worldly success. Does that make you successful? Because you have a wonderful job and all this money? That's good, and we praise God, but it has its place. But like Paul, we should be just as thankful if we're in Christ even when we have nothing and we're being faithful, right? So the worldly success doesn't build us up or, or help us with that security in Christ. No, the achievements don't give meaning or purpose to us. They're just part of who we are in Christ, right? It doesn't, those expects, we're, that no condemnation in Christ means that we're free from those worldly expectations, And then it also means that we could live bravely and even die well for Christ. It just does. If you know that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, when you stand before him, he's not going to say, you are guilty, get away from me. we, We know that today we will be with him in paradise because there's no condemnation in Christ. So why are we so afraid? Why are we so afraid to live boldly and to live bravely and to die well for Jesus Christ if it comes to that? Paul said in Philippians 1.21, this is our attitude, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. We need to be consumed with Christ and not ourselves and live our lives for him. And then as, as he calls us home, amen and praise God. We can't live contrary to that. Like Luke prayed this morning in Matthew 10, 28, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who's able to to destroy both body and soul in hell. We can live bravely from Christ Jesus. Live boldly. This is your chance to do that, right? I mean, when we die, we're going to be with him. But right now, we're called... To, to be strong in him, not to compromise, not to, not to give in, not to give in to the flesh, not to give in to the world, not to give in to everything around us so we're accepted and kind of live in fear. We don't have a spirit of timidity or fear as Christians, man. We're, we're blessed. There's no condemnation. What are we worried about? Philippians 1, 27 and 28, Paul says, only let the manner of your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents and not being frightened is a is a is this is a clear sign to them of their destruction but of your salvation and that from God what are we so afraid of why are we afraid to stand as Christians why are we so embarrassed to tell what we believe you have others out there that are are just preaching lies and distortions and wickedness and they're proud of it and they're over there just saying this is what we believe and this is how you have to act and this is how you must treat us and this is what you must do and what do we do as Christians oftentimes okay we just kind of keep quiet or we kind of go along with it we just say 
no, here's the truth. You need Jesus Christ. You need to bow the knee to King Jesus. You need to change your ways. Here's what you need to do. You need to repent and believe. Me, accept and affirm. No, you need to repent and believe. Why don't we do that? We need to live bravely and even die well because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. What are we afraid of? Paul says that here. This is, this is how we're encouraged to live, to walk by that spirit, not according to the flesh. Understand? Be brave, man. Stop. Our enemies are so brave and so bold and so brash. I mean, enemies of Christ, that we love them, we want to pray for them and come around. But why are we such, such chickens so often? Oh, we don't want to offend, we want to go. We've kept our mouths shut for so long, and what's it gotten us? Amen. See, without God, people long for identity. Our identity is in Christ. Without Christ, because they are under condemnation, they want to fit in and they want to be accepted and they want to be affirmed and have this sense of importance. That's why social media is so huge. People are looking for identity. People are looking for something to be accepted. We don't need that. We have our identities in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why the majority of people, if, if, they, if they could get you to believe that their sin is okay and you're joining them in their sin and you're affirming them in their sin, that that's okay because we're all kind of sinning and that makes it right and normal. It's not. It's not. And that's what you have to stand. I mean, they're, they are weighed down by doubt. Go talk to some people. Talk to Luke and Laney who spent an evening on the campus at Pitt talking to a few people. And you can see that they're weighed down by doubt. Metaphysically, they don't, why am I here? What's the purpose of life? They don't even know. They don't understand. Epistemologically, they don't, what's true? How can I know what I know? What, they, they're lost in this way. Mor- morally, and when it comes to ethics, they don't know. They have no clue. It's, it's, What's true one day is false the next day. What's right one day is wrong the next day. What's good one day is bad the next day. That's the world that stands under condemnation. There's that restlessness. There's that confusion that goes on. It shouldn't be so with us. We're not, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We stand strong. And they're so fearful of death. Don't you ever be fearful of death, Christian. You live strong. And it doesn't matter if we're fighting against a a, a physical enemy who hates us, if we're fighting a life-threatening disease, if we're fighting whatever. We're strong in that because Carl Hand is in our life is in Jesus Christ's hand, and he knows every hair on our head, and he is ordained every single day of our life. You're not going to die one day before you were supposed to or one day after you're supposed to. He has ordained that, and if you believe that, then you're going to live strong because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen and praise God. So this culture is so fearful of death. It's ironic because we live in a culture of death, really, but we move very quickly from it because they're afraid to speak of it because they don't want it to be near them because they know that they're under condemnation, right? So just think about it. Like even the mass shootings, how quickly we move past them, unless there's a political thing to it. But even even that, where death is, is visited in that way, just kind of move past it. What's the last one you, you even remember at this point, or, or how much is it, is it spoken to? We just get on to the next distraction because we don't want to be focused on that. We have our one-day funerals, and it's not just for financial reasons, but 
You know, you've gone from, from those days where you saw that body. Death was real before you. Now it's just like, hey, you know, one day you're in, you're out. They're not even called cemeteries anymore, are they? Or, or graveyards. Remember the graveyards? Now it's just a memorial park. Everything is cleaned up because those who stand under condemnation want to do everything they can to put death off. Because in their heart of hearts, they know that they're going to stand and have to give an account to God. They stand condemned while they live. The opposite is true for us. As Christians, we're alive even though we may die, right? Jesus said that. Amen and praise God. No condemnation then for one when he says this. And living according to the Spirit because of Christ and what he's done gives us great confidence and great assurance in our salvation. It doesn't depend on me. It's on the one who saved me. That I could rest in. If it depended on us to keep our salvation, that's a different story. Then all these fears would creep in. But we are safe and secure because Christ who died promises that he will not lose one of us. Amen and praise God. Therefore, we're bold in Christ. The second point here that's I want to bring out, because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, should serve as great motivation for our sanctification. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit sanctifying us, who's working in us. But listen, we should be motivated because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ because of the deep love to serve him. To to, to, it should move us to greater obedience in Christ. I love what you've done for me, Jesus Christ. I see it more clearly, and I want to live my life more and more for you. So there needs to be a boldness, a willingness to, to serve him unashamedly, wholeheartedly, and in light of all that he's given to us. The more you realize that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ for those who deserve great condemnation, it should just move us to thanksgiving, thankfulness, and hearts that are willing to do what we need to do. No condemnation in Christ Jesus, in other words, gets us beyond ourselves. And we need to do that in so many ways. We need, as Luke prayed, I told you he preached half my sermon in that prayer, we need to get beyond our petty self-centeredness. We just do. We need to get beyond our pride. We need to get beyond our sense of comfort. We need to get beyond our own hopes and dreams if they come in conflict with the word of God. We need to focus on Jesus Christ and be willing to be vessels for his honor and for his glory. We just do in every area of our lives because we love him so much and we want to be this anyway, don't we? Don't you want to do that anyway? I'm just telling you what you want in your heart of hearts if you're truly a Christian. So don't be discouraged from doing that because there's no condemnation. Get beyond yourself. Make the most of your life for Jesus Christ right now every single day. Like Paul Washer says, stop playing your silly little games and grow up and start serving Jesus Christ. Stop focusing so much on yourself and focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's called you to do and who he's called you to be. We cannot be so thin-skinned and easily angered and quick to defend ourselves and you know, win the argument every time and I was wronged and that's not fair and it's not right. You know what? That's the Christian life. Paul says it himself. Look at 1 Corinthians. This should be our spirit and our attitude and how we're treated. So what? We need to read this. Paul says to the Corinthians, and we labor, working with our own hands, when reviled, that means when people say hateful things against you, what are you going to do? Are you going to defend yourself? Oh, I'm not that. You're saying lies against me. 
When we are reviled, what's the response? We bless. You scum of the earth, Christian pigs who hate us. We love you and we're praying for you in Jesus Christ. So you don't take it personally because it's not against you. It's against Jesus Christ, the one you're serving. When persecuted, we endure. Right? Paul, we're not going to always complain about our circumstances. How unfair, how wrong, oh, woe is me. We endure it. We need to expect it. They persecuted Christ. They're going to persecute us when we're faithful. It's part of the reason why we need to be faithful. We endure. When slandered, we entreat. Again, notice, he's not defending himself. He's not restoring his good name. He's appealing to them. We're entreating you. Turn from your sin and turn to Christ. I don't care what you say about me. Go ahead. Do what you want. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. You're more important to me as a lost sinner who needs Jesus Christ than you saying things about me that that aren't true. So what? You need Christ more than I need your affirmation. Right? You need Christ more than you need me to, to come and be angry. With. See, there's no condemnation in Christ, and that's what you need to know and understand. He says that we have become and still are like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Why do you think, you're gonna, why do you, think you should be treated so well as a Christian and so respected? Just know that that's not going to happen, especially as we, we move forward in the day and age that we live, man. Don't take it personal. It's not personal. It is strictly business, as has been said. It's, it's, it's being a Christian in the world. But we can't take it because we are thin-skinned and we take things so personal. We're so insecure. But they need to know that there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So there's nothing that they could do or say that's going to you know, throw us off or, or make us you know, worry or defend ourselves in that way. Please. Because then you just get down on their level. And that's, that's not... They need the love of Christ more than... We need to be affirmed by them. Too many people make the mistake. Too many Christians make the mistake or confuse Christianity with a glorified, psychologized version of Christianity. Do you understand that? We're living in that day and age as well. Christianity is not some glorified self-help program. Please come to understand that. We are, this is so much more. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're set free. We're walking by the Spirit. So many people treat Christianity as like, oh, if I just do this, then God's going to make it better. And when God makes it better, I could be a better person in this way. Or, you know, I'm going to wait until my spouse changes before I start obeying Christ and being the spouse that I need to be. I'm going to wait on that. That's kind of psychologizing the faith. That's not what Christianity is. You're called to be obedient. If your spouse isn't, you still are. That's before the Lord. You're still called to be obedient. You're still called to be that loving one. Amen? Praise God. That, that's, that's, that's what it is. You know, if you're a single person, well, when I get married, then I'll really be affected for the, affected for the Lord. No. Don't worry about being married at this time. Pray for it if that's the desire. But in the meantime, do what you're called to do for the kingdom of God. Well, I'll work harder when they pay me better. Wait a minute, that's not the, we're going to, we're working and doing everything as unto the Lord. See, we don't fall into that worldly way. It's, it's not this silly psychologizing of the faith. Make me feel better, God. Make me feel happy. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. And, and all the way. That's not what Christianity really is. Our sanctification, among other things, involves self-denial. You know that? That's what it involves. That's how you grow in Christ. That's how you begin to actually feel better and come out of your stupor. 
is when you start obeying the word of the Lord and not worrying so much about your current condition. Our obedience is everything. And as we obey, there's a satisfaction in that. There's depth in that because now we're living for him and not for ourselves. Amen? We have been, there's no condemnation. We're living for him. Our sanctification involves self-denial half the time. Not if I only had, I want this, you know, I'm not, I, I need this, I need that. It's denying ourselves. And looking to Christ for what he would have for us. It's obeying when you just want to rebel. That's what it is. That's part of, part of Christianity. It's saying, here's what my flesh wants. Here's what I want to do. But here's what God's word says. So no, I am not going to do that. And I'm going to obey him. I'm going to say yes to Christ. And I'm going to say no to me. It's a humbling obedience. That's Christianity. That's sanctification. It's not just pop kind of like psychologizing it and, you know, why isn't God doing this for me and why aren't I doing this for that? And Please don't think of it like that. We're called to serve him. We're called to obey him. We're called to trust in him no matter what. Why? Because there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Because your life is secure and no matter how hard things get in this life, there is the hope of the life to come in him, where there is no pain, where there is no sorrow, where there is joy in his presence, as opposed to, depart from me, I never knew you, to that place where there is nothing but separation, nothing but darkness, nothing but pain. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. That moves us to live for him. And it becomes so much easier when you fully realize that there isn't that condemnation to live for him, to be able to walk by the Spirit in Christ. That's the deal. That's what's going on here. And it is good news. It's really good news. We're free to live for him because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean we can do what we want. We're free to live for him. And that becomes our desire. No condemnation means that you have experienced justification which means sanctification is taking place right now and eventually glorification when we're with the Lord. That's the, the simple plan. We're going to get more into that later on in this chapter, but that's the idea. And that glorification, all this gives us deep consolation. So we have great consolation if you're a Christian this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ, which then gives us great motivation to live our lives more fully and more completely for Jesus Christ, for the one who saved us, for the one who gave us assurance, for one in whom there is no fear. That is what we live for. Live for him. You're not condemned. There's no way that that salvation can be taken away from you. Because of that, you can be sure that you'll be with him. Because of that, you better live for him as best you can while you're here. Stop worrying about yourself. Put your eyes on Christ and say, Lord, how can you use me to be that vessel of honor while, you're here, while I'm here that I may serve you? Whatever capacity you find yourself in, whatever situation you find yourself in, we look to him because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus.